0: The Cult Worthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cult-worthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cultworthy Podcast. Join us. Attention. The Milf & Me Podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so, with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Milf and Me podcast. Diana, you like dogs, right?
1: I love dogs.
0: You like cats?
1: I love cats. I have two cats. One cat I want to kill, but I love the other one the most.
0: So are you cool with a dog and a cat staring at your bare ass in some dude's bed? (laughs) Well... um, Judging you?
1: That escalated
0: quickly. (laughs) always does. You know me. I like to jump right right in. out
1: of the fucking gates. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've had relationships end over this.
0: <laughs> and that is why we're doing not kidding this episode. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so to, to clarify why some of these episodes seem a little bit off track compared to others that seem more esoteric or intelligent conversations. <laughs> this one is not going to be that you and I have text so long over the last 10 years about the most ridiculous things. Mm -hmm. And I remember you texting me years ago and it's just (laughs) stuck with me. She's like, do you let your dog sit in your bed while you're having sex with your girlfriend? And I was like, no. (laughs)
1: It's
0: like, well, there are two dogs right now staring at my bare ass and I don't know what to do about it.
1: I remember, yeah.
0: So this isn't even my story. This is your story. How did this go first person perspective.
1: Well, um, so just to make sure I remind everybody, I'm never going to say dates or times or timelines, years or ever name drop. Um, just, I like to protect my people if I'm going to be talking about this openly. Um, so I was dating somebody and we had a very long-term relationship. We were talking about getting married, at one point we were engaged, but this was the second part of our relationship where we weren't, we had broken up and um, we weren't engaged again yet, but we knew we wanted to get married. Um, he had two smaller dogs and they were his life. <laughs> and I didn't realize how much they were his life until this incident happened. But <laughs> 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 one evening, you know, we were getting, having sexy time and the dogs were there and getting really close, up close and personal, if you will, on the bed. And I just kind of nudged him off if with my foot. You know, maybe I kicked them a little too hard. Maybe. <laughs> As it squeals off the bed. <laughs> and listen, I love animals. I do. I love pets. I love dogs. I am an animal lover for sure. So um, I just picked him up and opened the door and just kind of tossed him out. You know, and he's just sitting there doing nothing. And He got upset. He was like, did you just throw my dogs? And I was like, well, I just kind of tossed them out the door. I don't know that I threw them because they were small dogs. I mean, I could have thrown them like a baseball if I wanted to. But (laughs) I was like, no, no, I just kind of tossed them out. And he's like, no, I think you kind of threw them out a little harder than you probably should have. And I was like, well, it's a little uncomfortable. We're trying to fuck each other. And they're just like staring at me.
0: Right. You know, staring at
1: me on you and them staring at you on me. I mean... We all know there's, like, smells in the room. I mean, there's things happening. It's you get like,
0: sexy time. It's
1: sexy time. And um, that was a really awkward moment in our relationship. And that's when he, he pulled the, those dogs are, like, my kids. And um, the love that you have for your kids is how I view those dogs. And I proceeded to say that my children are not in here watching us fuck each other. So... <laughs> That is where we are much different. Nor will they ever be. And I carried those babies in my stomach for nine months times three. I have three children. Um, That was a very, very touchy subject. So I love pets. A lot of people do love pets. If you have pets, just like make sure they're maybe on the other side of the door, other side of the wall when it's sexy time, you know, like that's part of the thing. It's like having sexy time in the middle of the night and you have all the fucking lights on in the bedroom. Would you do that? Would you turn on every single light so it's bright like the sun? No. So there's certain measures we take.
0: I mean, if they were already on.
1: Okay, that's one thing. I wouldn't
0: take the time to go turn them off. Uh, I don't know. I
1: probably would. I'd probably (laughs) jump up and turn them off. I mean, you're trying to set the mood is my point. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's part of your responsibility as a pet owner, as a mother with children, it's part of my responsibility to not have raging sex when my children are in the house.
0: Exactly. So the,
1: the pets can't be in the room. Uh,
0: the, the pets are going to react as well. Like if there's loud noises, if there's screaming, they, if there's moaning.
1: They feed energy. They're they feed energy. energy. They're yeah. going to start
0: barking. They're going to do something. And uh, that just is not... It doesn't go well with sexy time.
1: Yeah, and I have a ca- I have two cats like I said, you know. I don't I, think
0: cats give a fuck. Well,
1: though. I've had my cat in the bed, you know, during sexy time and I take the initiative to stop and pick the cat up or shoo him out of the room and usually he wants to get the fuck out of the room anyway. Right. And so that's what that's how that works, you know. Um but that's just sexy time, but there's other times too when you're trying to go to bed and this person has a huge dog in the bed with you.
0: That kills me. Cause I've dealt with that before where the dog has more priority Mm -hmm. in the bed than I do Mm -hmm. as the boyfriend that's staying over. Or if the dog happened to come to my house, which I'm cool with dogs. So I let that happen too. I'm like, this is my fucking bed, my fucking house. And I only get six inches of space on this bed because your big ass dog is sleeping in between us. Yeah. You know, there are, like you said, communication, mm-hmm. but boundaries. I think yeah. setting healthy boundaries is the first part of that.
1: Yeah, and in that experience, um, that was a more re- recent relationship I was in, but I made sure I took extra measures with that. His dog absolutely loved me mm-hmm. so much. She was such a sweetheart. I'm not even going to tell you the kind of dog it was. Right. Um, but she was big, bigger dog. And he had a queen size bed, but she loved me and she really just wanted to be there and snuggling up to me. Bless her little heart. And so I made sure her bed was on my side of the bed Mm -hmm. right next to me. And I just literally taught her how to sleep right there next to me. And it got to the point where she did that regularly. Like that was her response. I kind of trained her to do that. You know, I mean, it's like adds about 200 extra degrees in the bed when the dog's in the bed with you. And that's uncomfortable. Right. And at that point, it's like, so this is the thing. If the dog's going to sleep in the bed every night that I'm staying over, how about we have sexy time and I'll get up and bounce at like 1
0: a.m. Right. I'll go home
1: and get some sleep. I'll go home and get some sleep. I'll see you in the morning.
0: A hundred percent pet etiquette. So we have a little terrier in my house. And he's just conditioned because the last bedroom and this bedroom had, like, a little couch by the window. Mm -hmm. And that was just his spot. Mm -hmm. So if anything was going on, blah, 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 he would just take the cue and just go to his little spot on the couch. Mm -hmm. I think he even turned around. I think he was giving us, like, extra etiquette. My dog before that, who was a half (laughs) boxer, half pointer, was so disturbed by any kind of sexual activity, even kissing, that he would bolt out of the room. He did not want any part of it. I think I just trained my pets pretty well. Mm -hmm. It also helps that if you have a secondary place for them, I would say, like you said, a little dog bed or a couch, if they are only used to sleeping in the bed and being in the bed with you, and then sexy time happens... You've got to start setting some boundaries. Yeah, You know, if that means put them outside, put them downstairs, if they're going to bark because they're not in bed with you. Yeah. You need to figure that shit out and not blame your partner. Yeah. For the disruption of harmony in your sex life and in like your everyday life with this with this animal in the house.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's not a deal breaker where I'm not. It isn't I'm not saying that. I mean, for me personally, maybe it is for other people. But for me personally, it it was never a deal breaker, and it's still not. It just needs to be negotiable. It does. And, you know, it's like once you start comparing your animal with someone's children, uh, that's a line. You know, that's a line. (laughs) There's a line that doesn't need to be crossed.
0: Well, it's easy for people to do when they don't have children. And
1: this person did not have children, you know, and that's my number one thing. Um, Well, actually, both of those examples, I just told you, both of those men did not have their own kids, And since we're on that topic and kind of that subject, I have really gone against everything by dating men that don't have kids. It's almost a requirement. Well, it is a requirement of mine. And I ignore that sometimes because they're not as understanding. They're not as flexible. They're very selfish, self-centered humans. And it's okay to be selfish. I'm not selfish enough sometimes. Mm -hmm. However, if you don't have your own kids. You don't get it you might not even understand this conversation that we're having about pets because those pets are your
0: your kids, kids,
1: quote, unquote,
0: right? Or your bros are your kids.
1: Exactly. So it's one of those things that you really just have to ask yourself at the end of the day, do I want a lover and having intimate, sexy time, or do I want to snuggle with my animal? Mm -hmm. And if you want to snuggle with your animal, then let's go have dinner. I'll go home. Right. And you guys can have your alone time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're not alone in this opinion. And, you know, thankfully for me, this is not speaking ill of anyone that doesn't fall into my mindset. That's why we're human. We have our own mindsets. We have our own rules. We have our own expectations of what we want from a partner. And I think it's very important, like you just said, to stick to that. Mm -hmm. Because you may be only setting yourself up for disappointment if you Break that cycle. Yeah. If you date outside of what your non-negotiables are because they're pretty or yeah. they're rich and they're charming. Or they're sexy. Or they're sexy. But for me, I've always, especially after age 30, was determined to find a partner who felt the way about animals that I do. Yeah, I just couldn't see myself with someone who was going to make me negotiate between my pets and them, you know? Yeah. If you want to date me, you got to get rid of that dog. If you want to live with me or a pet-free house, then you're not my person. And that's a hard thing to say sometimes, but it's important to make those rules clear early on, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. I do have a more positive story to share. I dated somebody a few years back and he had hunting dogs and he would not allow those dogs on any piece of furniture, not even the couch, not the couch, not the bed. And they were sweethearts, you know, they weren't like dirty hunting dogs that lived outside. Right. They were inside dogs. They were very trained. And that was really incredible. It made it, it made it difficult for me after that relationship to date people that didn't have those same boundaries with their pets. I was like, well, so and so. In my mind, I'm not right. saying this out loud, but so and so did it this way. And He's not doing it that way. Like I just wish he was more like this person with, right. with his dogs, you know. Because really, it was awesome. It was great. I knew that we were jumping into bed every single night that we were sleeping together, or morning or midday, and I knew that that animal was going to be nowhere to be found. The
0: dogs were staying at their post. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So let's talk about what the country thinks about this. So you know the positive things because we are both animal people. It is proven that couples that have pets, cats dogs, whatever, are more likely to be happy in their relationship than those without ones. They're less stressed. Pets actually cause dopamine rushes in the mm-hmm. day when you cuddle them, you pet them. Yeah, It's very therapeutic. So research has revealed that couples that have a pet show less stress levels dealing with conflict compared to couples that do or do not have pets. For example, I read in there that people argue less when they have pets because the sound of of arguing and loud and raised voices can cause stress in the pet, it's almost like a trigger to let them know that they need to put themselves into check because the pet is reacting the same way a child would. you know. So there is something to that. 12% of millennials have ended romantic relationships because of a disagreement over their pet's place in the relationship, according to a new study. Now, this is by True Trupanion. They are a pet and society website that does a lot of this research. They do a lot for animals and the humane society. So according to studies, these are based on millennials, which we are kind of like older millennials. 12% of these people have ended a romantic relationship because of a disagreement over a pet's place in the relationship, according to this study. So, I mean, you're... Relationship didn't necessarily end because of the disagreement of the pet, but it right. was kind of a catalyst it into was. having second thoughts about what your future looked like with this guy.
1: Yeah, because it just went down a rabbit hole. It wasn't the fact that I didn't want the pets staring at us when we were having sex. It was the fact that he then took it to another level of, well, those pets are my kids. And the way you love your kids is the way I love the pets. And it's like, well, hold on a second. My children aren't here. Right. The room with us. Like we can't be going there. I understand the care and the love you have for them, but let's, you know, I mean, that was what was going through my mind. I wasn't as mature as I am today with this conversation. It probably would have went better and different.
0: Well, and they also talk about the behavioral patterns of these pets being yeah. a big catalyst for that. I mean, you just said about the one guy with the hunting dogs. Yeah. Very well trained, very well behaved, yeah. very easy to maintain a status quo in the relationship I think that is some kind of a subliminal hint that you, are at least with a person that has control over their life and these pets that are a part of their life, the same way they might have control over their business or their finances. I feel the same way about women that I've dated and the behavioral patterns of their pets. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that women who I've dated who are chaotic with their life, let's say, Their room was always messy. The bathroom was always messy. They never have anything scheduled. Their plans are just all over the place. They have pets that reflect that energy Mm -hmm. and that mindset. So the pet is now chaotic. Maybe I can handle a chaotic woman because I'm so organized and we can kind of maybe cancel each other out. But if that pet has no respect for me and I can't control or be a part of this chaotic pet's. Effects on a relationship, Mm -hmm. that is a red flag for me.
1: For sure. Well, Jesus, all the other stuff you said before that's a red flag.
0: Yeah, (laughs) but- but yeah, I understand. You you have to go with the red flag sometimes to know which red flags you can actually operate. The
1: red flag deal breakers. Yeah, Yeah, I call the other red flags purple flags.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) It's a little bit green. It's a little bit red. It's kind of purple. It's kind of orange some days. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just millennials who put their pets ahead of their partners- This is just all respondents now in this particular study. 7% of all people that they put in the study say they've ended a romantic relationship because of a pet. About a third of that were men and 41% of that were women. And they'd say that they would break up with someone who couldn't control their pet when it comes to noisiness, dirtiness, and they were all cited as top offensive traits in these pets' standards of the household. Mm Mm-hmm. So it is interesting that more women find this a deal breaker than men do. Mm-hmm. I think that has to do with sex. Guys just want to get the sex. If you have a shitty dog or a, a annoying cat... If the sex is good, we'll probably deal with it. But women I think that again, when I was talking about the chaos mm-hmm. and the uncontrolled aspects of your life and it reflects in your pet. And rightfully so, you women have more you have more caveats to a relationship that are more important to you because you're already mothers. You're already having a hard enough time in society. Having an uncontrollable pet is essentially having another child that you didn't ask for.
1: Absolutely. One hundred percent. I was actually just going to say that as much as I referred to those dogs not being anywhere like my own children. Now I'm going to go ahead and say that some people's pets are their kids, that those are their children. Right. Right. And I look at that the same as well. I mean, animals are important. They're living things. They are living, breathing things that we feed and take care of every single day, all day long. We walk them. We make sure they're active. I mean, so they are essentially. Our children are, you know, if your pet is a shit show and you want to have kids with this person one day. I mean, I can't have any more babies, so that doesn't pertain to me. But for someone else, if you want to have kids or if your kids are going to be living there in the same house one day, you're like mixing families like the Brady Bunch or whatever, Uh then, yeah, it's going to be a shit show. You don't want that. You don't want that. It's like having an extra kid that's that's misbehaved, has zero discipline. You don't know how to take care of it. Like fucking take it to the groomer. Right. You know, it's like wipe your kid's face. Give it a shower. Give your kid a bath.
0: And if you can't afford the things that pets necessitate, then you shouldn't have a pet. Yeah.
1: We're now getting into the deal breaker end of things for
0: sure. 100%. So this is a website called ABC.net. They have these everyday relationship advice columns that I find interesting. And they have one dedicated to this topic. It's preventing your dog or cat from ruining your sex life. Someone wrote this article. (laughs) Someone did the research (laughs) because they have opinions like ours. So their thing is, first things first, it's okay to have sex with pets in the room. I agree if it is controlled. This is the first thing that this is for men. And I think this is hilarious. They said, men, pets are not judging you. And as long as you give them attention when it suits you, they will generally let you have sexy time to yourself. So this really resonates with me. And I'll tell you why. As we get older, us men have a little bit harder time concentrating on sexy time. I think that's just because of the lives that we live are so stressful in this day and age, like mm-hmm. we are dealing with stress of yeah. finance and There's a lot cars. on your mind. There's a lot on our mind, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the idea that there is now a distraction in the room if the pet is trying to get on the bed, trying to like get into your shit, yeah. looking at you, giving you a fucking look like, um, that's not how I would do it, bro.
1: Or licking its balls.
0: Any <laughs> distraction, any distraction can be detrimental to a sexual absolutely, encounter. Absolutely, absolutely. Now in my 20s, it wouldn't have mattered. I could have had 10 dogs and the Rolling Stones watching me have sex with a girl and it wouldn't bother me. In the least. But now if my dog does give me a sideways glance from his couch, it's enough to distract it me. It
1: fucks with it your mind. fucks with my
0: mind. <laughs> and my partner will be like, are you okay? I'm like, fucking dog won't stop looking yeah, at me. Buzz like buzzkill. Like, it's I just... a buzzkill. So <laughs> I that's more of my problem than the pet's problem. But again, that is a catalyst to start thinking, what is the healthy boundary for having the pet in the bedroom?
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I can see that. I mean, I could, it would be the same for me for sure. I don't think I could get there if I knew something was going on down there.
0: <laughs> Why some pets interrupt intimacy. So they're used to co-sleeping. You know, we are a dog in the bed family, but he's a little dog and yeah. he's fine. And literally if he's too close to me, I can pick him up, throw him to the end of the bed. And he's just like, all right, <laughs> he just yeah. falls back asleep. But there are dogs that they have a spot on the bed and it is their spot and you do not move them. So if sexy time interrupts that, they become dicks and they growl, they bite, they cause distractions. Mm-hmm. If you're in a long-term relationship with someone and they're used to it too, it's easier. But if it's with a new person, yeah, instant red flag. is like, okay, well, what are we doing here? What's this? Yeah. Is this part of floor play now? You fuck with the dog for 10 minutes before you get my top off, right?
1: Yeah, my vagina's dry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You lost your chance. Have fun with your dog. Everything
1: dried up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just go have some snacks. Let's forget this whole thing.
0: So they say to have a healthy sexual relationship, you need to develop healthy co-sleeping habits with your animal, 100%. Now let's get to the nitty gritty. Sights and smells. (laughs) Uh. The smells, the sounds, the visuals are all different during intimacy than normal interactions. And pets sometimes don't understand this or they understand this too well, especially dogs who have not been spayed or neutered. Oh. I have never had a dog that wasn't spayed or neutered, but. I can see that if a dog who is already like raring to go in his everyday life because it's, you know, the rutting season, if he catches a whiff of something, it could change the whole attitude of this dog. Wow, I never thought of this. So it has been said that dogs have often become aggressive with their partners during sexy time when they're either in heat or looking to breed. That's when like biting happens or even mounting. Never (laughs) experienced this, but I can only imagine, right, if you are in a let's say, a compromised position.
1: Compromised.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and a all compromise. of a sudden, all of a sudden you got claws oh, in your back oh, from behind.
1: Oh, the visual.
0: I can't even imagine what I would do. I don't know what my reaction would be. Fear, for one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Especially
0: if it's a big dog like the dogs right? you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but people, people have written in with this. These oh are actual God. stories that people have sent in. So good. Of happening.
1: It's terrifying.
0: And I never would have thought about this before. If
1: anything like that ever happened to me, I'm pretty sure I'd have PTSD for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> a compromised position
0: so i mean i guess here's the thing at the end of the day right i love my partner i love my dog i love my dog so much but i don't love my dog enough to let him lick my taint in the <laughs> middle of sex i think he and i would have a very different relationship after that.
1: <laughs> yeah we'd have to give him up for adoption for sure
0: Dating profiler, what do you have for us this week?
1: (laughs) Oh, you're never going to believe this.
0: Oh, I'm I'm getting used to that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So pictures of, so your profile, dating app profile, you have photos of you and your dog in every single one of your pictures.
0: Kind of fits with the theme of the day, right?
1: It's totally, that's why I said you're never going (laughs) to believe this. (laughs) I come with lots of surprises these days. Um. No, like we said, I love animals. Antonio loves animals. But like, I know you have a dog in your first photo, but like your next four, five, six, seven, however many photos it allows you to post mm-hmm. on your profile. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know and be reminded that you still have this dog.
0: You know okay. what I've heard of, too, mm-hmm. is I've heard of people, mostly guys, mm-hmm. taking photos with a dog that's not even theirs just to get the dog vibe out there to women who like dogs.
1: That is so creepy. And then they show up to the guy's house like, where's your dog?
0: Oh, oh that's not my dog. That's it's my like, friend's dog.
1: That's like borrowing your friend's car to make it look like you're rich and you're someone fancy and bougie.
0: False advertising. Yeah,
1: that's bullshit. Don't ever do that. That is some bullshit. So um, we'll take this a step further. And I've actually seen this. I've seen it more. So I have to see profiles... Um, more than at least two or three times in order to talk about it, like pictures. Okay, So one that I have seen more than a handful of times is the animal or the the dog, the pet, whatever it is, in the photo with you, and you're laying in bed. Okay, It's like like you just woke up on a Saturday morning, and you want to take a selfie, and you include in the selfie your dog because he's sitting right there, or she's sitting right there, and just happens to get into the photo.
0: Right. That's
1: cute. It's super cute. Love that. But don't put it on your profile. Don't put it on your dating profile. Like, why? Because that just, that gives me fear of what we just talked about. Like, am I supposed to connect with this guy? Like, he's so freaking cute. His profile's great. Everything's great. And then he has this picture and it's like, oh, no. No.
0: Yeah, you've happen? already been shell-shocked before by this whole situation. What the fuck's
1: going to happen when we we actually, you know, we connect and things are going good and we end up hitting the bed together? And yeah. is, is the dog coming
0: with us? I like it. I mean, the dating profile. Now, let's not lie to each other here. Mm-hmm. If we find somebody that we connect with on a dating app, the first thing we're going to do is try and see what their social media looks like. We're gonna yeah. get on their Facebook. We're gonna get on their Instagram if you can. If you can, find can them, yeah. And you know, I think some guys actually are kind of smart. Women too. Mm-hmm. They will leave it open to the public, but very selective of what's actually on there. In case you do go look,
1: yeah. Or women are. We are investigators. We'll we'll we, find you. Yes,
0: I didn't want to go out and accuse <laughs> you of it, but
1: we are. I just
0: wanted to put that out there that it is it is a possibility yeah. that you're gonna do that. Yeah. Now, if you're to find those kind of pictures on their social media, but not on their direct dating profile, is that a little bit different? Because that's just kind of showing their day-to-day life and blah, blah, blah. They're not using it as their show card, right? And When right. they are trying to find a partner.
1: Right. Well, just like we've said from the beginning, your dating profile is your resume. It's your resume. So, you know, I mean, I get it. You have a dog. That's awesome. But, like, how – and I'm not talking two or three photos – I'm talking every single picture. Yeah.
0: And I've seen those two. I've seen that. Every
1: single photo of you has your dog in it with you. Why?
0: Right. I'm not going to try and sound sexist here because it is a stereotype of women and cats, guys uh-huh. with dogs, women and cats. Uh-huh. I have seen a lot of dating profile pictures in the past where the woman has a cat or a multitude of cats mm-hmm. in every photo. Yeah. Now, I'm allergic to cats. I love cats. I mm-hmm. wish I wasn't allergic. But mm-hmm. for me, that was an automatic red
1: flag. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's easy. It weeds out those people, right? I mean, that's do what you want to do on your dating profile. If you want to take this serious, take it up a
0: notch. If If you're questioning why you're not getting the responses that you were hoping to get, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. We're not saying that you're doing this absolutely wrong. Yeah. If you want better responses from people who think like us, and let's face it, I guarantee there are a lot of people that think like us. Sure. That might be where you're missing out on those opportunities.
1: Yeah. Reevaluate your profile. Look at it. Go through it. You know, see what you've said. If you've used one million emojis in your thing, maybe look at that. If you have every single one of your photos is with a dog, every single one. It doesn't take a genius to figure this stuff out. Post a picture with you and your dog. I love that. I think it's great. It shows that you have a cute dog. You take care of your dog. It looks healthy. It looks clean, just like we talked about. Um, But every single photo is not necessary, especially maybe keep the ones out that are in your bed with you. With your shirt off and the dogs there too. It's like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> a boudoir pet yeah. photo. That's going yeah, a little too far. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to give you a precursor to this one. I'm just going to play it, and I just want your instant response. You ready? Let's go. If friend wants
1: to hang out with female friends and exes, I don't approve. He says, I'm controlling. Say it in a way he understands. If he still says, that's controlling, I'll be friends with whoever I want. Go, yeah, you can be friends with whoever you want. No worries. See you later. <laughs> and walk out. Because he can be friends with whoever he wants. But he needs to fucking understand that everything he does has consequences. And at the moment, he's acting like a complete fucking douchebag. Which is going to have the consequences of you walking out the door. So don't compromise your own boundaries. That is a great boundary to have. He should not be friends with his ex. He shouldn't have a heap of female friends. If he does, go... See you later, you wanker, and roll on. See you later,
0: you wanker. Ya wanker. See you later, Yawanka. wanker. What are your thoughts on this? I don't. This, I want to hear is you. Is this a TikTok? An
1: Instagram? Which one is this one?
0: This is an Instagram.
1: I'm in love with this man. Okay. Whoever he is. No, absolutely. I mean, listen. How many guys are okay with me that I've dated? How many men are okay with me hanging out with my guy friends?
0: I couldn't absolutely tell you. Absolutely
1: fucking zero. Right. And if you're okay with it, then that's questionable. Now, listen, I have a bunch of friends that are gay. My gay guy friends. Those are friends. I can hang out with them. And I would think that my person I'm dating would be okay with that. If you want to hang out with your lady friends, you're in a relationship, he's spot on. Perfect. You can do that. Peace out. Peace the fuck
0: out. So here is where my uh, rebuttal is that you're my best friend. Sure. And my other best friend is a female. So my partner is comfortable in our dynamic because I did something that most women or men, as he's referred to, don't. Mm-hmm. I got them involved in our social life instantly. Yep. That's
1: where it's different
0: because I am a respectful of their feelings. Yep. And I'm also respectful of their boundaries. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean anything unless I explain to them what my boundaries are at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I have dated women who are absolutely not okay with you and I being friends, and it caused a rift in our friendship for a while. Mm -hmm. We didn't hang out for like a year, year and a half because of how upset this person was. And I kind of took that as a lesson of I did not introduce that person to my circle early enough. Because I was afraid. I was afraid of having them think, oh, this woman is so beautiful. She's obviously prettier than me. There's no way he wouldn't want to be romantically involved with her.
1: Right. I see that 100%.
0: Oh, absolutely. So so I did the intelligent thing. And this is where, okay, I like this guy. Mm -hmm. I disagree with the attitude because I don't like it when men talk to women like this. When I really think that if he was in that situation as a guy, he would probably have a different opinion. He's coaching right now.
1: Right now, I love this guy for a couple of reasons. Yes, the relationship I just got out of. Yes, this guy is spot on. When I think of what I was just involved in, mm-hmm. um, that's how you should be talking.
0: And let's in not that lie. Situation, okay. I talk to you that way too.
1: Absolutely. So again communication for fuck's sakes, communicate, just like Antonio said, you know, like I was brought in and introduced to fiance slash wife and it's healthy. It's healthy that way when you're open and saying, Hey, this is my best friend. Uh, we've known each other since middle school. We got really close in high school, you know, and we've been friends for this many years where I agree with him. 100% is some dude that I met last year. Mm -hmm. some guy that's just in my life that's just kind of been lingering around in my life we have never dated Mm -hmm. but we've always just stayed friends and i'm in a relationship with someone and i'm going to tell my person that i'm going to go hang out with him right he's not my best friend this is just some, some dude that's waiting for my boyfriend to fuck up so he can swoop in we talked about this on one of our episodes what did you call them
0: well, I didn't coin the phrase. It's been coined what is that to be called? a beta orbiter.
1: A beta orbiter. You know, that's not okay. And it goes both ways with women and men as well. Like, I, it's healthy to introduce your significant other to your circle of friends so that they know right away, just like you said, the boundaries of it.
0: And don't you think that this information is given at the same time from women to other women about their men, like in this exact same approach? This is where I get conflicted with these gurus sometimes because you've got this guy Mm -hmm. telling you to do this. I've watched dozens of the exact same video Mm -hmm. of a woman telling another woman the same thing with her man. So let's say if you and I were dating and this woman told you that I don't like the fact that he has two female friends. I don't like the fact that he has a podcast with one of them. Even if I did the groundwork and the due diligence to connect you with my group, I feel like I'm still justified in having my friendship with you because I did the due diligence. It wasn't like in our 20s where I know plenty of women who collected friend zones, collected betas, Mm -hmm. just to piss their main guy off. Mm, Yeah, no, we're not doing that in our 40s. We're not doing that in our 40s. And that's my point, is that this information, I think, applies to you at a different time in your life. Yeah. And it's also, like I said, subjective, how you would interpret it at a different point in your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're older now. We have a lot more friends. We have a lot more people mm-hmm. in our life. And so, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there. I've had conversations like this myself where I've brought it up early just to get it out of the air, just to clear the air. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a couple of really close guy friends. Um, Antonio and I do a podcast. We record every every week. And, and so I set that up and then we get together and maybe have dinner with you and your person as well. Yeah. And we, you know, or you come over, or we go have drinks together or all of us together so that this person can meet you or meet the other friend, guy friend I'm re- referring to, mm-hmm. you know, then the rest of it has nothing to do with me. There's a security level involved and a confidence level involved. If your person is automatically going to go to, Oh my God, he's, cuter, he's hotter than I am, or she's prettier than me. And why wouldn't you, what's to stop him from dating her and not me, you know, or dropping me and going for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to take some responsibility.
0: Of your own insecurities. Of
1: your own insecurities. Yes. I
0: Absolutely. agree with you hundred percent.
1: Yeah. So there's, there's a fine line, right? It's like, if you've been burned in the past, you've been cheated on, I've been cheated on multiple times. Me too. <laughs> and um, it's, it's a thing but I'm not going to portray my baggage and my PTSD onto my new relationship and be intimidated by a friendship that you've had for years. That's not my business.
0: I agree with you so much, and that's why we are friends, 100%. Yeah. That's why we can have this podcast and sound like we know what we're talking about even though we are not certified therapists yeah. because we have dealt with both of these situations yeah, so on both much, sides. So much experience. So here's a hot seat question for you. Yeah. Who do you think is more emotionally insecure in situations like this men or women
1: women for sure i mean yeah i was you know i've been with people that they've hung out with their best friend's spouse because their best friend was out of town Mm -hmm. i kind of looked at that like hmm that's interesting but i wasn't invited or whatever you know um which is weird but i think that women are we're a little bit more insecure with this. This is a touchy subject because of what I literally just said. I don't know the statistics on this, but I would think women have more trust issues than men do.
0: So I agree with you and I disagree at the same time. Yeah, there is a counterbalance to this because I think it's an unfair question. Let me tell you why. Yeah. I think that women are more emotionally insecure about yeah. this about this situation. I think men are sexually insecure.
1: Absolutely.
0: About the situation, we are more afraid of the sex than we are the emotions.
1: You couldn't have said that better because that was my that was my hang up. Was what kind of conversations are they having when I'm not around? Exactly. I wasn't thinking are they fucking each other? Yeah. Are you fucking your best friend's wife?
0: You're thinking, what you know? is he telling her about me? Yeah, what are they talking about? telling her about my family Absolutely. or my kids? And or you
1: guys I are met. going straight to sex when We're you think going about that.
0: We're going straight to sex. Yeah. You know? So I think that it is kind of a loaded question. And that's mm. where gurus like this I have conflictions with because of that. I think he's thinking a sexual conversation because he's coming from a man's viewpoint of being sexual. Yeah, for sure. Telling a woman who's thinking more on an emotional level. That might be completely incorrect. That's just how I feel it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. The one thing I'll just add to this super quick too is the love guru, I mean, I like how he, I like what he's saying here, Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't know him. And I would like to know if he has done this. Yes. If he has friends that are women and he's told his girlfriend that he's gonna go hang out with them, like, where is it on the flip side? You know, love gurus are great and all, but then it's like, um, is this one-sided or- or not
0: so this week we're doing something a little bit different we want to hear from our listeners because now we've built up quite a loyal following so Just to get this out of the way, I've had two podcasts for over a year now that, in my opinion, have done really well for their niche. In the six episodes that we've put out of The Milf and Me, it's just blown the other podcasts out of the water. So people are listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for returning. Thank you for not turning us off midway and listening to what we want to say, as ridiculous as it may sound to some people. we
1: We want to turn you on. We don't want to turn you off.
0: So what we want to do is we want to know what your MILF worthies of the week are. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at The MILF and Me Podcast, or you can leave a comment on the milfandmepod.com. Eventually, we will be setting up a Discord where you can leave voice messages, but let us know what you think the MILF worthy of the week is. We'll still put in our work. And bring you new ones every week. But we want to know what the MILFs or the DILFs yeah. who listen to the show. There's men that listen to the show. I love it. Yeah. We want to know what you like. What were you? What are you bringing to your relationship? What are you bringing to your household? What are you doing to make the end of your week better? Yeah. To relax. To let be, yourself Yeah,
1: grow. exactly. It can be an idea. It can be a product. I mean, Antonio did a good one when I was talking about the pussy wipes. Yeah. Um Antonio wipes. Yeah. Antonio brought the dude wipes. And I've seen the dude wipes. However, I had no idea that the Dude Wipes came in individual packs. Yeah. That shit blows my mind. I've never seen them.
0: they're condom size, so you can put them right next to each other. So
1: that's incredible. That is a DILF-worthy product. And, I mean, we just – I want to get some ideas off of you guys. I want to hear what you have. You know, I've brought wine. I've brought vodka. I've brought my favorite book. Um, Obviously, the Pussy Wipes, my favorite panties. So let's like, you know, give us some ideas on things that you love or ideas on a date, maybe. I don't know.
0: Obviously, we're trying to build a community. So community, if you're out there, let us know what your milf-worthy and dill-worthy items are, and we will be more than happy to share them on the podcast. Well, that was a fun one. Don't let cats lick your balls.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And don't let dogs lick your taints
0: wiser words have never been said. (laughs) Diana, thanks for coming back every week. This is more and more fun. So everyone listening, follow us on the milfandmepod.com and our social medias.
1: Yes. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much, everybody.
0: See you next week.